all right y'all we are back with the sincerely a pregnant woman sincerely chronicles podcast as some may know it's your girl Shanice as some may not know if you're new to the podcast welcome um I am Shanice um this is the sincerely chronicles podcast this segment is called sincerely a pregnant woman where I am discussing my journey and things that have come along or come up on my journey um, as a pregnant woman. And I'm just, you know, talking to y'all and trying to get a feel of what y'all think. You know what I'm saying? Um, Is is it just me? It's really just having an open-ended conversation that I hope really stimulates more conversation um, either within your personal relationships, um, or however it is that, wherever it is, um, however I can touch you, or that kind of sounds a little off, I didn't mean however I can touch you, but however, you know, the vibes are just feeling yourself out, learning things about yourself, learning stuff about your partner, um, that's really what this podcast is about, and, you know, I'm just telling you my journey, and just kind of like, sparking those questions that maybe you had but you know you may not even told your closest friend or whatever the case may be but let's go ahead and jump into the topic so the topic tonight is um families so you probably like okay what that means she's like what do you mean families so obviously when you start dating someone um you are getting to know not just them but eventually especially if it's going to be long-term dating um eventually dating that family their or their family kind of becomes a part of your relationship and although you know a lot of times people like to say oh i'm dating you i'm not dating your family or you know what i'm saying i'm dating you i'm not dating your mama um essentially you still are you know what i'm saying the family comes up um it's a thing like you really can't escape it so you know let's just really dive into the segment so the first question that i kind of want to have a discussion around is um when you're in that dating phase when or how do you decide when the right time is to meet the fam. Um, you know, what are the what are the right questions to ask? So this is my thing. Y'all know I'm I'm very transparent. Um I think that when you get into or when you start dating someone, I personally think that we don't ask enough questions anymore. And specifically, I think people who start off in relationships um, at a younger time in their life. So like, for instance, I met Chris when I was like 20 years old, right? So the questions that I had for him when I was 20, a baby, you know, let's be honest, have obviously evolved now that I'm 27, because your girl just turned 27 on January 14th. That's also why the podcast today is dropping a little late. I know, don't judge me, y'all. But um, obviously, now that I am 27 years old, I have a different mind frame. There are definitely questions that I did not ask that I should have asked. Um, In addition to the simple fact that um, I think in general, dating back then, you know, several years ago, um, you know, you had the basics like, uh, okay, do you got a job? Do you got a car? Okay, like, you know, do you got enough money to be buying me the gifts and stuff that I want? You know, different things like that, which it kind of actually reminds me of a similar podcast. If y'all have not or don't follow, who y'all need to do is go follow the girls' room podcast, um, because they be talking about some really, really, really good stuff, and I love them. Shout out to them. Um, but anywho, back to that, um, you know, when you are dating in, I guess you can say like your, not only your age bracket, but your financial bracket, um, and things of that manner, um, there's not a lot of things that you're, not a lot of in-depth questions that you're asking. You kind of just stay on that light topic. However, 
I think that something we don't dig into very early in a dating relationship is family, religion, politics, you know what I'm saying? And those things are very important, especially the more in-depth you get into dating. So um, if you are listening, head over to my Sincerely Chronicles Instagram page and comment on the post um, for this podcast and let me know, like, when do you start asking those big questions during that dating phase? Because it can make a difference. Like, how do you know when you're that serious? Because sometimes you don't know. You know what I'm saying? People be dating and hooking up and kicking it and then boom, you know, maybe I've only been kicking it for like three months, but then you pop up pregnant like you're gonna regret that you didn't ask certain questions right I don't know but so um this basically goes back to me realizing now um now that me and Chris are obviously bringing the child into this world um there are a lot of questions that I did not ask and if I did ask them I did not I I want to say I ignored the answer like for instance when I met Chris, I was like 20 years old. I was still in college. I was an undergrad, um, you know, and I actually was out of state and he was living in Chicago and I was coming, um, you know, I was driving back and forth to Chicago every once in a while to come and see him. So I only knew the basics. I knew he had money, he had his own house and he had a, no, at the time he didn't have a car, but he had a car, like he had a car but his license was suspended. That should have been a red flag for me, (laughs) y'all. Like, no, but for real, like that should have been a whole red flag. But I was young. It was not a red flag. All I know is he was able to still give from A to Z. And that's all I care about. And I felt like he made up in other areas. And, you know, at the time it made sense. Now, your girl wish she would have asked why his license was suspended. Okay. Because now that we seven years in, I understand that Chris thinks that he's a speed racer and he's not and he steady crashing cars and obviously that can bring up some issues in your relationship but that's neither here nor there so anywho um ask those questions y'all make sure y'all pressing for those questions because the, the biggest thing is you don't want to get to a certain point in your relationship and things are coming up and you know now you're thinking like dang I wish I would have did this or you know I wish I should have did this or whatever the case may be but you know I ain't gonna say it's too late because it's never too late you can always leave any situation if it's not right for you you know what I'm saying but there are certain obstacles that make it a little bit more difficult um but make sure like I said um, you follow the page if you haven't already and comment under the post to let me know when you think the right time um, to ask those questions are and what questions you feel like are most important to ask. Um, next, the next question is, when is the right time to introduce someone to your family? This is and can be a very big dilemma for people. Let me tell you why. First, meeting the family for some people, it could be a really big deal. Um, People really cherish their family or, you know, people could be embarrassed of their family. They don't know how their family is going to react. You know, sometimes family act a little crazy when you bring somebody home. Sometimes they act really cool. You know, maybe they're standoffish. You really never know. Also, I think something to contribute to whether or not you're going to bring someone home is do you know how serious things are or like as a female I may feel very serious about this guy but he may not in return feel as serious so you know do I really want to bring him home personally I hated bringing guys home like when I was young because it really didn't matter who it was my auntie was basically gonna hate them (laughs) like seriously um and even if she didn't you just felt it like she was nice but she wasn't nice she's like nice mean you know what I'm saying I'm pretty sure everybody has one of those like parents um like my uncle growing up he was just kind of cool with everybody just told a couple jokes now like my dad he met like 
one boyfriend and it was just ugh, so awkward like that's a whole other story but yeah so um i would say you definitely want to make sure that when you're i guess you can say like um that you know what you want when you're I guess, like, meeting the family, um, you know, know the intentions, and I guess you can just say be careful of, like, expectations, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how your family is, so, you know, is this someone that they're going to approve of? You know, what is the conversation going to be like? All of those different things. Personally, for me, um, I made a lot of mistakes when it came to like my family meeting Chris um and this kind of rolls into the next topic um and that is how do you deal with family prejudgment um or like prejudging your significant other because of things you've told them um so that was kind of my issue by the time my family was going to meet Chris there were things that had happened in my relationship that you know obviously is like a young girl, I guess you can say, that I confided in them about. And so when it was time for them to meet him, it was kind of like, well, we kind of already know what he about. You know what I'm saying? And they, you know, already had those judgments, I guess you can say, which I'm pretty sure made things very awkward and kind of created that space of, oh, well, you know, they already felt this way or, you know, like they already felt that way. So that's the thing. In my particular situation, um, my aunt, she is, she's like, she don't ask all the questions. Like she's going to ask every question. She's going to get down to the nitty gritty. And I remember like, it was like me and Chris's first date. And I, I don't remember where, like, the date was originally, we were, like, going to some restaurant, right? Mind y'all, I'm 20 years old. Like, I don't even really, really, really live at home. Like, I was, you know, going to college, coming back on breaks and stuff like that. Um, I remember we went to, like, a dinner place. It was called The Patio. Um, and then afterwards, I think we were supposed, we ended up, like, sliding by, like, a car show that was like outdoors and blah, blah blah and I remember like my auntie calling me and just being like oh you know where are you at and I basically I think I texted her later and I was gonna be coming home a little late and she was like oh well like you know what are you doing or where are you going and I think I told her like oh well we're gonna go to the such and such and she wants to ask something weird like are you driving and I was like yeah and she was like well why doesn't he have a car why isn't he taking you and it was just like oh you know the conversation just got really awkward because I just felt like well at the time I didn't care about that like I was just having a good time you know it was like our first day we was enjoying ourselves like why are you asking all these serious questions <laughs> and you know now looking back on it it's like I understand why she asked the questions that she asked but sometimes you know as a um young adult you know you just don't get it it's not clicking for you so it's harder for you to understand why they have the questions that they do um and, and it feels more attacking or you know antagonistic than it does like helpful or loving right so you know that's how I was feeling like dang like why she on my back um but now obviously I get why those questions were important because okay we was on our first date and why didn't you pick me up or just this and that and so I get it now I definitely should have asked those more in-depth questions um and I definitely would do it moving you know forward into the future um outside of that I think that from there more just like I won't even say small issues, but little red flags came about. And honestly, it's like, you know, once you confide into your parents or maybe they see you crying or see you upset and you tell them things, you know, obviously as their child, they're going to, you know, want to protect you and things like that. Or, you know, they want you to feel better. They don't want you to be sad. They don't want you to be upset. But it's like, to an extent it's already too late or whatever the case may be 
And so now they already kind of have this, this thought about this person. And even though they trust your judgment and that you can make good decisions, they still have these judgments, right? So that's something that I dealt with early on. Obviously, it's, you know, six, seven years later, several years later. And it's like, okay, well, if I've moved past it, you know, as my family, you all, you know, I expect you all to move past it as well or, you know, whatever the case is. So um, that that was a huge thing. Now, with that, it's like, how do you how do you prepare yourself to introduce someone to your family and your family knows maybe the dirt that's in your relationship, right? So let's say, oh, well, early in my relationship, very early, very early, Chris did some very deceiving things. And, you know, I had to tell my family, like, you know, what happened. And, you know, when your family hears things like that, they can, they'll automatically be like, oh, well, you know, that's why, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like this. Or, you know, maybe they won't say anything, but they'll think it. So then when it's time to meet that person, they kind of like, mm, we already kind of know how we feel about this person. You know what I'm saying? So um, I guess, you know, that brings back, that just brings a lot of conflict. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's early, you know, obviously before even bringing children into this world. Now, my issue, I guess you can say, or what I am coming to realize is once you're going to become a unit officially and have a child, it becomes a problem if your family and or it could become a issue or a problem if your family and your significant other don't have a relationship or don't get along. Now, in my personal um, relationship, I would like to think that I get along great with Chris's family. Like, I I like them. I think they like me. Um, and they live in the same city, so we see them a lot. They actually, like, live, like, down the street, so we see them a lot. And um, I think that's very beneficial, especially since my family actually is very spread out and a bit more non-traditional than his family like he comes from a very traditional background I guess you can say like mom and dad are in the picture um although like not married or whatever still in the picture very supportive um very involved grandmother involved like so that's like super great um but also with that comes different backgrounds which is something I'll get into next um my family on the other hand uh my aunt lives in texas you know my dad lives in minnesota um and those are like my primary parents my grandmother lives here but um like it's still like not we're not as i'm not i don't want to say close-knit because it's not that we're not close-knit but in my family it's more so once you grow up and you become an adult you are on your own. You have established yourself as your own adult. And, you know, you do life by yourself. And everybody's family is different, which is why I kind of go into the whole background things. What is your background? So people who know me probably from like high school and stuff, a lot of people know that um, my aunt and my uncle um, predominantly raised me um, most of my life. Um, and my father, he was in prison a large majority of my life, which is why he was not, you know, he, he's still in the picture, just, you know, more of a backseat because my aunt and uncle predominantly, you know, raised me. Those were like the, my parents, you know, through high school and beyond. Um, because of that, I think that I have a very non-traditional upbringing where, you know, they say like it takes a village, like, you know, it really does. There are a lot of different people who um, 
you know, was able to help prepare me for life and the world and things like that. And because of that, even though like my parents were technically married, just like, you know, other people's parents, you know, we lived in a home, like, and all that great stuff, they had, you know, good, fair, normal jobs, whatever it is you want to call it. I got a good and steady education, um, you know, values and things like that. Very structured, very structured, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it was, you know, very traditional in a sense. However, to some people, maybe the amount of responsibility, which I grew up thinking was normal, to others it was not. Like, I really worked as a child, like, if, as like a preteen, I did a lot of work with my uncle, he really let me, like, get into, like, his business, like, he was doing music videos, like, I really helped art direct um, music videos, like, full on set at like 13 14 years old like really art directing videos picking out models like telling them what they needed to do in the video like you know all of that kind of stuff I was really hands-on my uncle allowed me to do that like when I was 15 like I really got a job my auntie and uncle like actually bought me a car you know when I got my license I was responsible for taking my little cousins to and from um practices and you know different activities like you know I wasn't like super spoiled I took the bus and the train to and from school you know to and from my grandmother's house and different things like that if my phone broke I had to you know use my allowance or whatever to buy a new one and you know that's how responsibility and different things like that was instilled in me at a young age um and also like if I made a big girl decision I was treated like a big girl, like there was no one to hold my hand or, um, you know, clean up my mess if there was an issue. If I got into an accident, I crashed my car or if I, you know what I'm saying, messed up my phone, you know, like I already said, I, I had to pay for that. I had to do those things. So I grew up with that kind of like, I don't want to say tough love, but definitely like that hard, like responsibility, like that was really a drive in my house. Like nothing was just given to you. Like you earn things. Um, and although, yeah, you could get nice things. Like you still like my grades. Like I had to, I remember like I got a D in math y'all. Like my auntie embarrassed me at school. Like I cried so hard and I was on punishment forever and I didn't have anything. And I was like, uh, either a freshman or a sophomore. I think I was like a, I think I was a freshman um, in high school, and yeah, she like completely embarrassed me, y'all. I got a D in like math class, and that was a big thing because my auntie is like Mrs. Numbers, like she knows all everything about numbers. Like math is a big deal in our family, so that's that's the one thing like you just can't do bad at. So like yeah, I just always had to have really good grades. Like there was no acting up in school. Like it yeah, there was structure. Um, Chris's family, on the other hand. Um, I learned more recently that he, because he was an only child, he was just kind of, he was like a, a, a butterfly, like, and the reason why I say butterfly is like, I don't know about you all, but butterfly, you don't like really see butterflies in like packs or anything, you know, like, you do if let's say you go to like a zoo and there's like a butterfly art museum or something like that but you know they go in their cocoon alone as a caterpillar and they come out alone as a butterfly and they just live their life and i feel like him being an only child he he just kind of did as he pleased went as he pleased no one really there wasn't a lot of structure there wasn't a lot of discipline um he was very spoiled he got like pretty much whatever he wanted um you know, they really just allowed him to do whatever it, it kind of seemed like, um, especially now at this age, because it's like things that are obviously a problem for me and that would be for my family. He doesn't understand why it's wrong at all. Like, for instance, most black families, you cannot cuss in front of your mama, your, you know, whoever your parents is, your grandma. Let me tell you, Chris curses like a sailor, like and it's so uncomfortable like i be in the house like oh my god looking from left to right because it's like 
how dare you have this potty mouth in front of your grandmother? <laughs> like, how dare you? This is uncomfortable. Most people, you know, you accidentally, if you like say a bad word, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, mom. Or some, you know, something like that. Like, definitely, like, you're not going to do it in the house towards your parents. But him, he could, like, cuss them up and down. And, you know, all he's going to get is a Christopher. And that's about it. Like, it's no big deal. That's just how they talk to each other. Also, another thing that's like, I don't even understand it. In my household, like most households, your mama is your mama. Your daddy is your daddy. Your auntie is your auntie. Your grandma is your grandma. Chris called everybody in his his family, like, first names. Like, hey, you know, it could be um, grandmama booty snatcher. I don't know. But he just going to be like, yeah, booty snatcher. And it's like, what? That's your grandma. Why are you not calling your grandma grandma? And, you know, I used to always say, like, so when you have a child, like, you're going to let your child call you Chris? And he was just really like, yeah, what's the problem? And I'm like, no, like, that's not how I was raised. Like, I call my grandma, grandma. I call my auntie, auntie. I call my daddy, daddy. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. No, honey pop, not for Chris. Like, his daddy is what his daddy's name is. <laughs> I think it's really, really weird. They do not think it's weird at all. There's, they, they take no offense to it. Like, it's no big deal. I guess you can say in that sense, I was raised more traditional and I, you know, I could, I could, I could take that like, okay, cool. You know, he's, they just a very non-traditional family. Um, somewhere else that we just kind of differ, um, is just like, I guess you can say basic values. I think that I was really taught how to value money, how to save how to balance, how to, you know, like really take care of yourself, like, you know, what is important in life, what, you know, isn't important, you know, how you should get things. And some things I just learned by seeing, like, I always viewed my auntie as like super intelligent, like she had multiple degrees, she was very smart, she, you know, had like an actual job, like, you know what I'm saying, she was able to, you know, live the lifestyle that she wanted, and she was comfortable, and like, not even comfortable, but, you know, like, just lived great and that's what I wanted so I knew okay in order to obtain that I'm gonna do what she did oh she went and got this many degrees let me go and get this many degrees she has this kind of good job she started working at this time let me do that she bought a new car here you know like I don't want to say like I copied exactly what she did but it was definitely the blueprint for how I knew I wanted to live my life and that's how I have modeled my life um and that has to me worked out for me I you know I'm very happy with it now some people feel like oh well you know why did it you know why did it seem like it was so hard or why did you have to do all this yourself or you know why did you feel like you struggle or anything like that I think that responsibility was instilled in me and I was allowed to figure things out on my own um and I appreciate that because it made me a tougher I don't want to say a tougher woman, but it did make me a lot more independent and just like stronger in the sense that, um, you know, I know that I can handle certain things on my own, which I think is the reason why in my family, it's, it's just not real big on, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but I have to really be in a tough space, I guess you can say, to go to my family and be like, I need help with this. But that's just me. Maybe it's just a pride thing for me or something like that. Like, I really don't like to ask for anything. Um, I like to try and figure it out on my own. I also don't like my family to be that involved in like, you know, like my finances or something like that. Like, if I'm struggling, I'm just going to be struggling. Like, they're not going to never know or whatever the case may be. Now, very 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 opposite from Chris like in his family it's like they are extremely involved um very caring very charismatic very much oh you need this don't worry about it I'll take care of it like for instance I went grocery shopping last week but for some reason Chris and his dad went grocery shopping this past weekend and it was just like we didn't need the groceries, but he still just went and bought all this stuff just because, you know, off the strength of, 
oh, I'm going to the grocery store. If you guys need something, I'll just buy whatever you guys need. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how they are. And that's cool and everything. It's just not something that I'm used to. Like, it's just something that I'm just not used to. So it just seems kind of weird sometimes. And sometimes it may seem like a little bit overwhelming because I'm used to like, you know, you're kind of on your own with that. Like, I like, even if let's say my grandma was, something was wrong with my grandma and I'm going to the grocery store and like, yeah, maybe if she's sick, I'm gonna ask like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store, you need something? Cause she can't leave the house. But it's like, other than that, she go grocery shopping for her house and I go grocery shopping for mine. Like, <laughs> that's just how that works. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they're very different in that sense. Or like, I remember like, I think our washer and dryer went out and like they really bought us a brand new washer and dryer and I was just like what like that's just that's weird like I never heard of that um or like I think once well more than once but like um Chris's car was crashed and like you know they just bought another one like oh okay yeah my family's not gonna do that like if I mess something up, that's on me. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was just something, like, kind of tough for me to, like, understand and deal with. And now, like, thinking about having my own child, I started to communicate different things where it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, I went to college and I didn't, like, I worked, like, three jobs, you know, to, like, you know, be able to maintain, like, my bills and stuff, and then, like, I became an RA, so it would make my tuition and stuff cheaper, at least my room and board and stuff like that, and I feel like, whew, I'm sorry, y'all, that was a little yon-yon, but I feel like uh, he definitely has no idea what that's like, like, if Chris is a couple years older than me, I've worked, like, since I was 14, he, like, literally didn't have to work until he was, like, 24 or something. Like, could you even imagine just, like, living your life and just not really having any real care or responsibility until, like, you're literally grown, like, a super adult? Like, that's crazy. Um, but there are people who, you know, their lives are just different. Family backgrounds are different. And that plays a huge role in how you maneuver in a relationship, which brings me to, obviously, now we're going to have a, a child. And there are things that have been that we've been kind of like discussing. So it brings you back to family. So because my family is very uninvolved in my personal life, which is how I like it, unless I want to go to them for something. Um, I think from his viewpoint, it's like they're just not there um, or they don't care, which that's not really what it is. It's more so I'm just a very independent person and my family is just made up of a bunch of independent people who stay to themselves. And, I mean, I like it like that. That's how it's been all my life, you know? Like, some people are used to, or a lot of people are used to, once you're grown, you start your own life. And although, yeah, you still talk to your parents every once in a while. It's like when you go to college, you talk to your parents, but not nearly as much as you did when you was living in their house. Once you're in college, you out, you live in your own life, you probably talk to them, like, once a week, if that, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how it is, you know, now, because now I technically have my own family. I have Chris. I have five dogs. Like, no, we're not talking every week asking me how often my dogs are doing and what you doing. We got lives. I got a job. You got a job. People got things to do, right? Not right. My family's like that. Chris's is not. Um, Like... I think that if he allowed it, they would definitely talk like every single day um, because they're just a lot more involved in care. But I also think it has a lot to do with, let's say me and Chris have our child and that child is our only child. And, you know, you create a very close bond with that child, but because you've coddled that child, you know that that child is not able to really get by and make responsible and sound decisions without you so you hold them a little bit closer because you never know what they're going to get into that's how it is for him um i think that i was raised 
to be able to live and support myself without anyone's help, which I'm sure was very purposeful. Um, And I'm glad because it worked out. Like, I've been extremely independent and that has been, it's really helped me. However, it has also hindered me a lot as well because in my relationship, I kind of don't know how to be submissive. I'm very dominant because I feel like I don't need nobody. You know, like I was taught how to do this myself. I know how to balance my bills. I know how to, you know, take care of myself. I, I have my own handyman bag. I can, I know who to call to get this done, you know, like, and that can be a real issue, especially for a man who is also dominant, who wants to take over those things, who wants to help you, who wants to do this. You know, it comes off very like, well, if you don't need me, then, you know, like, be gone and I know I had saw this on Instagram once where we were kind of talking about that like you know I hate a female who feel like she can do everything herself but then be by yourself you know and it's like I think that it takes a certain type of man to be with a woman who is that dominant and who is that independent because when you feel like you can stand on your own and you don't need anyone sometimes you just need someone who can humble you um it's not that I don't want you to be around and do a b and c it's that I'm just trying to let you know that I don't need it just in case you feel like I don't want you to ever feel like I'm just gonna have to be submissive to you and you're gonna run my life and you know da 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 da. like no I can do it myself I want you to help me I want you to add you know to that that's the kind of person that I am um and in my relationship that is probably not the best way to be not for the kind of person that I am with because essentially that it hurts a man's ego when you're that dominant as a woman like people who know me in Chris's relationship a lot of people you know be like like my cousin for instance always like why do you talk to him like that or why you, I know you be getting on his nerves because you always asking him to do something or you know, you always doing stuff yourself and why you can't just wait for him to do it or something like that. Like I, it just wasn't how I was raised. Like I did everything myself. Like my auntie was a person who like, if she told you to do it, you did it now. So now I'm grown. And it's like, if I tell you to do something, you do it now. But I'm not thinking like, I never connected it until I got pregnant that, wow, like I'm really my auntie's child. Like I want everything to happen like on my time when I want it. It needs to be clean. It needs to be thorough. Like if you don't do your bills the way I do my bills, like I'm upset. Like I'm really obsessive. It's crazy. I literally have no idea how Chris deals with me, but he does. Um, but also I think I manage a lot of things. And until I like until recently, like literally a month or so ago, I actually had to sit down and tell him like, hey, you know, I don't want to have this much control anymore. I want you to take care of this. and I want to now take a back seat and just, you know, raise the baby and clean the house. Like, it took a lot for me to say that. Um, but it comes with knowing and understanding family backgrounds and just kind of discussing, you know, what you you envision as your role in your relationship and having those tough conversations. Now, with that, I recently, well, we recently had a really deep dive conversation about families. And it's because like, at heart, I'm like, really a daddy's girl. I love my dad. And because I'm having a child, obviously, I want our families to be able to merge as they technically are because we're having a child. And I want like him to be close to my dad. But it kind of just seems like there's a block. And I know that the block has a lot to do with our family background, how we were raised. And I think that there's a block in the miscommunication because he just, it's hard for him to understand my upbringing. He sees it as, you know, like my family being very distant or like they don't care when that's not it. We're just a family of very independent people versus his is just very like codependent like you know there is just too close you know like to me it's almost 
too close for comfort. Like, I don't want you to ask me if I've done this or if I've done that or something like that. Um, and that could become an issue. So I think that one thing I would say is when you're going to have a child, make sure that you really know everything there is to know about that person's family, about their upbringing, about their views on, you know, um, independence, about something even as simple as our, do you want to pay for your child to go to college or do you think they should have to work hard? You know, do you think that your child should have to learn responsibility and, you know, how to manage bills and things like that? Or, you know, are you going to pay your child's phone bill into their who even knows how old? Like, I'm 27. I've paid my own phone bill since I left my aunt's house at 18. Like, she made sure, like, I don't know, my first day in college that she called and had my phone switched over to a singular bill. Chris is like 30 and he doesn't pay his phone bill. So it's like, you know, there are certain things that can, it really makes you question things when you're going to have a child because you start to think like, is this how my child going to be raised? Is this something I'm okay with? You know, how do, how do I deal with this? How do I have those hard conversations? And I think for me, it has been super duper important to kind of just keep pushing to have those conversations with Chris to just know like, okay, you know, are you okay with this? Like, do you like this? Is this how you want to raise our child? Or, you know, is this something you just are used to because this is how you were raised or, you know, different things like that. And it's like, now looking back on it, um, I said, pay attention to those red flags. Like, had I paid attention to why Chris didn't have a car when I met him, um, or technically license when I met him, I definitely probably would be in a different place right now. You know what I'm saying? Because that would have let me know, like, oh, red flag, red flag. Like, it's really important to pay attention to those red flags and to have those tough and difficult conversations. But my entire purpose of having this conversations, uh, this conversation about families is to basically tell you, you know, at the end of the day, the family isn't going to go anywhere. Um, and even if, let's say, you know, you have a child and you break up, you're still going to deal with family. There are people who don't have children who still deal with, you know, their ex-significant other's family just because, you know, that mom really liked you or that dad got really close to you and you guys were able to build some kind of relationship and it stuck. Um, and, you know, when things like that happens, it it's kind of hard to wiggle out of that space. But the the bigger the bigger point at hand is you want to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into before you're locked into it because there can be a lot of resentment on either side and I think right now I'm feeling that I think that I I definitely take it to heart and I am a sensitive person so I take it to heart that my like that Chris doesn't really interact with my side of the family um or they doesn't really know them or they don't really know him or you know there's just not a real relationship and I know there are a lot of different things that play a part you know things that things that I've told my family that you know obviously they don't approve of um and you know that that can be tough and that can be difficult but I also have to think as tough and difficult as it is for me to understand and live through what how what about him you know, I have to think like, what? Well, how does he feel? Because, you know, these views and these thoughts are about him. But also it's like, how do you take accountability for, well, I did it, you know, I did this and I did that to make you think of me as this kind of person. Now I have to admit to my faults. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of accountability comes in to play once you get to this point in life. But it's like, how do you move forward and kind of change those views? I know some things that I have thought about or even discussed with friends is just like, you know, creating 
moving forward, just creating my own traditions and, you know, kind of creating my own lane for how I want to parent and discipline um, and just making sure that I do something different, but also trying to make sure that we're on the same page because, you know, I do want my child to have um, both sides of their family very involved because I don't have that. Um, I predominantly really only talk to my father's side of the family and you know like that's that's pretty much it and even though I've recently um contacted my mother's side some people on my mother's side of the family you know it's still not the same um but I do want to learn how to be better with like my communication and you know keeping in touch with family because it is important um because ultimately there are there are things that I envy about Chris's family like how you know close they are or how much they talk or you know the togetherness I wish I kind of like had a little bit more of that but I also take into consideration um all I have to do is reach out more and be better at communicating and you know it could be a completely different outlook now what I will say is um what is tough right now is knowing that I'm about a month away from my due date and just thinking about how things are going to change like right now when I visit my family and things like that I go alone um Chris isn't really a social person so he doesn't come around which I also think makes it harder for you know him to even I don't know, be accepted or whatever it is that he wants or doesn't want by my family. So that makes things awkward versus I go to, you know, his family's house for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And every time I'm doing something with my family, it's like, oh, where's Chris? You know, does he exist? Is he a real person? Um, and, you know, that's a tough cookie to swallow. But I also know the person I'm in a relationship. I know that he's not very social. I know he doesn't like to be around a lot of people you know, versus I'm a very outgoing person. I like to go out. I like to hang out with different people, I like to go to my family gatherings and things like that. And it's like, I'm just kind of nervous that I'm going to have my baby and we're going to do a lot of things alone um, because of his almost like social anxiety. Um, and, you know, that's, that's something that once again kind of boils down to family, you know. He was born as an only child. His father was an only child. There's no real cousins and different things like that. So it's kind of a norm for him to be antisocial versus that's not the norm in my family. So it's like, what is my child going to be like? You know, what is, how, how will they be brought up? You know, what, what are they going to experience? Am I going to make sure that they get the best of both worlds? How is that going to work? So, um, I am looking forward to what it's going to be like, but I'm also very, very nervous. Um, I think that my child will definitely be exposed to a very um, wide range of like family um, characteristics. And I'm excited, but like I said, also super nervous. Um, I definitely would love um any like parents and not even just the parents people in relationship um feedback about like their significant others like I know I'm not the only person who's probably in a very polar opposite relationship where it's like you know you and your significant other are night and day and how that kind of like affects the relationship like what it's like to go out around other couples you know if you do that um for instance like me and Chris really don't like well at least he doesn't go out like with my friends and other couples versus like I used to have a lot of resentment because I used to always have to go around his friends and other couples or I'm always at his family's house and as soon as my family has to get together like he's nowhere to be found or you know different things like that so you know let me know like how do you feel about those kind of things how do you have those tough conversations like what do you do and also depending on what stage of your relationship you're in does it matter you know let's say you're dating and you don't have children you know it may not be a big deal for your 
your family to love your boyfriend or, you know, your family to love your girlfriend because that's not where y'all at. But let's say you're at the phase where I am. Um, I'm 35 weeks pregnant. My baby literally is due like next month. And I don't think that my dad and my, you know, child's father have ever really been in the same room alone to have a real conversation. Um, and for me, it's a big deal, you know, like, although I don't need my parents' stamp of approval, I still crave it. I want it. Um, and, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you talk to your family? Do you have that one-on-one conversation with them? Do you have it with your significant other? You know, how do you get them together? What do you, how do you introduce that conversation? Um, when do you kind of like stop asking for it? And then do you? Like, do you eventually settle and just stop asking or stop trying to force it? Or, you know, do you keep going? Y'all let me know because I think it's a big deal. Um, Definitely let me know if this is something that you would like for me to continue to discuss or, you know, if there's other questions that you may have. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Sincerely Chronicles that's one word sincerely chronicles um also follow me on my personal page at shanice s-h-a-a-a-a four a's n-i-c-e three e's um and and just let me know let me know your thoughts um and definitely let me know like any other topic ideas or anything that you want to dive into but let me know if you've been through this or you're going through this Share your story with me. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your cousins, your aunties, whoever it is, um, to listen to my podcast, to make sure you follow me on YouTube at Sincerely Chronicles. Um, like I said, Instagram, all of that. Let me know, y'all. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. Um, thank you so, so much for listening to my podcast sincerely a pregnant woman again this is Shanice and you are following me through my journey and letting me know what you think and how you feel I hope you all have a great night good night